meeting and those unable to attend may submit written comments regarding the subject of the meeting. Such comments will be made part of the official public record and will be brought to the attention of the committee. Written comments should be submitted to the Arts Commission staff via email to art-info.sfgov.org by 5 p.m. before the date of the meeting to ensure comments are shared with commissioners ahead of the meeting. Please note that names and addresses included in the, these submittals will become part of the public record. Submittals may be made anonymously. Written public comments submitted to SFAC staff will not be read aloud during the meeting. Communications received after 5 p.m. before the date of the meeting may be delivered to SFAC staff and will be shared with the commissioners. If you need to request a reasonable accommodation under the ADA or need to request language assistance, you must contact us at least 48 hours in advance of the meeting to art-info.sfgov.org. Our office will make every effort to accommodate all requests. Uh, Commissioner Scheicher, please proceed when you're ready. Okay, thank you. I'd like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities of caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we're committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. Um, I will be calling item number two, general public comment in just a moment, but before we proceed commissioners, I'd like to um, say that we have a long agenda today, longer than normal, and just ask if we could keep our comments as concise as possible during our deliberations. Um, and also, uh, if you have any reason for recusal in any of the items coming up, please notify us. Thank you. Commissioner Rothschild, I noted that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we will have item number two. This is general public comment. Is there any general public comment? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. You're currently on item two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Uh, so I'm requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda items? Um, I see no requests for public comments. Uh, public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, then let's move to item number three. This is San Francisco International Airport, the SFO Terminal 3 West Modernization Project. This is conceptual review. And Commissioner Rothschild, for the record, would you please state why you are recusing yourself? I am recusing myself because I work currently work for Gensler. Okay, thank you. We'll let you know when, when we've reviewed this. Um, I think that's a good idea. So do you mind mentioning that you are 
<laughs> you are not working on this project, but I am not working on the uh, SFO modernization in Terminal 3. But your employer is Ginsburg. Correct. Okay, thank you. Yes. Thanks for the clarification. Okay, so team, are you ready? Okay, jump in. Sure, I think you're going to start, correct? Can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Uh, thank you for having me back to uh, 2020 COVID days. Thank you for uh, allowing the virtual. Um, we're going to go quickly through this project. Uh, it's our phase one. We're just going to go through our project background and go through the scope of the project and some of the challenges that will inform the, uh, um, uh, the formation of this project going forward. We're going to go through project backgrounds, the existing conditions, look at the existing um, context, and uh, and discuss the uh, challenges of the facade uh, for this um, location on this on this terminal. So you're all aware of of uh, the campus at SFO. The orange um, uh, outline is Terminal Three, uh, and this has uh, been a development since you last saw us. You last saw us when we were talking about uh, the, the west side of, the, of this terminal project, and the scope has since expanded. So we're back to see you again, and there are some uh, areas that are new scope, and there are some areas that will affect uh, scope that you've already seen before. So we'll be uh, managing a lot of that together. Going to the next slide, the reason why this project uh, exists is uh, this project, as you know, is, is very large and has been at the end of its um, life for many of its components. And um, this project uh, was in front of you. Uh, then uh, COVID happened and the project stopped and then we restarted. And then in that, in that time, things uh, developed and things that we had thought were already done uh, were, were, uh, were well on their way towards construction. And then there are other things that, uh, uh, that changed because of scope expansion. But uh, overall, we are strategically retrofitting this terminal building. We're upgrading building systems that are at the end of their life, uh, replacing and modernizing the baggage screening equipment, and as with any project at San Francisco, whenever we, we begin to upgrade this facility, we want to provide the, a world-class experience and um, optimization for the businesses that operate at the airport. So it's not only just systems, but we're always trying to make the best uh, employee and passenger experience possible. So that will enable better international operations, better capacity at the, at the checkpoint um, and enhance that circulation between all of the other parts of the uh, terminal project because no one uh, terminal or project at the airport is its own sort of lifeboat. It's always connected to a whole lot of other things. Um, one of the challenges that we're really facing is uh, curbside congestion. Uh, when, when we talk about the facade, uh, we will talk a little bit about um, some of the constraints that we face on this project that we did not face on Terminal 1 or Terminal 2. 
And we want to really advance uh, the airport's um, environmental stewardship uh, on climate action and uh, employee well-being. So going uh, to the overall uh, airport, uh, as you know, we've been in front of you many times. Uh, we've had the opportunity um, to uh, to work uh, to, to work in partnership with the CDRC and and the airport, and it's really important that the campus of the buildings have a relationship to each other. But uh, we've always discussed uh, with past members of the CDRC and the past uh, um, uh, presentations that there is an emphasis to the campus that the international terminal, the IT, which signifies this sort of joy of flight, this big sort of mechanical flying machine, the big roof flies off, that exists as the jewel, the signature face of, uh, of the airport. It has the greatest emphasis. You see it from a long way off. You drive underneath it. It's, it's the sort of the jewel of the airport. Terminal 1, Terminal 2, and Terminal 3, all being developed uh, in themselves, have a language that is uh, uh, is uh, consistent in within each project, but Terminal One, Terminal Two, and Terminal Three should be distinct so that there's no confusion between the projects, and then they, they have uh, a uh, uh, they stand on their own uh, while maintaining subservience to the international terminal. Um, so this terminal three sort of finishes that um, finishes that ring. Looking at it from the air side, um, we just wanted to talk a little bit about adjacencies. So if you look at the upper right hand uh, corner picture, that is the air side project filling in the triangle uh, that we uh, just received um, final um, uh, uh, authorization for through the CDRC. Um, it is uh, has a relationship to the earlier project boarding area E, which is the second photograph, and then you're seeing uh, the two photographs below the uh, the sort of existing areas, the unimproved uh, uh, stations and operations center, which is uh, on that. Uh, if you look at the diagram, you can see C in the triangle. You're looking at that sort of uh, beveled corner. And then right behind that is the, the end of the curve uh, of, um, of, the, of the center uh, passenger boarding area. That will also be affected. So if you go to the, if you compare that to the next image, you begin to see that the way to think about this is everything in white is things that we're not touching. Things in dark gray are what we came to you previously to talk about, which is that infill triangle piece, the air side facade, uh, including um, the, uh, draw your attention to the penthouse, the mechanical penthouse uh, that faces the air train. That was part of that project. Now, we're coming to you with ad uh, additions to this project, which is in orange. So there is uh, the entire land side facade as you drive up, that, uh, that, that faces the air train and faces the roadway. Uh, we're improving um, uh, roof heights in area in that passenger area. And then you can see that the connection to 
what we call the hub, the uh, the, the, the hexagon there. Uh, and then to our left side, that orange piece is new as well as its mechanical penthouse above. And then I'll call your attention to uh, an oper stations operations center. It's uh, We're calling it the SOC, and it, it is that orange box on top of the previously uh, authorized uh, grade part of that building. And the reason why that occurs is because of the phasing on the project, we're eliminating a bunch of operational space and tenant spaces that uh, are absolutely required for the operations of aircraft and uh, baggage systems and all the things that that uh, United Airlines needs to uh, to operate. So in that construction, we're displacing that office space and placing it on the roof where they can uh, they have a requirement to be able to see their aircraft. Um, so that is an addition. So to further add complication, uh, what you're seeing there in light yellow or green, oops, I screwed that up, uh, light green is a future project um, that we're just, we wanna make sure that we're very clear that is something that you will see as well very, very soon, which is a connection to the international, a new connection to the international terminal. It will clarify international arrivals as well as um, create more operational space uh, required operational space that the airport is short of today. I'm sure there's some questions on that. Um, so going to uh, going to the uh, land side context. So uh, if you go to the big image uh, at the bottom uh, near the right hand corner is um, A, B, C, D, and E. We're going to go from from right to left. Uh, as if you're driving in on, on the on the roadway. You'll first pass the Courtyard 3 building, which is a um, an office building, an administration building for the airport. And then you see the sort of low uh, two-story height existing Terminal 3. It has sort of a, a beveled eyebrow, a overhang uh, to protect the, uh, the curb, and uh, dark glass. And it is a sort of a consistent uh, section all the way through. You also see the air train bridge that connects the air train, uh, the pedestrian bridge that connects the air train uh, to the passenger uh, processor. Um, you also see in the aerial photograph the airside penthouse, um, and uh, um, as you noticed that in our in our earlier diagram, we would be replicating that um, footprint on the other side. So a lot of a lot of what we see here. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention one of the things that we're that was part of our goals was to uh, uh, simplify passenger uh, boarding and reduce congestion. You'll notice that the curve is very short, and we only have two drive lanes plus the parking lane. So there are um, uh, uh, there are strategies that we will be investigating on the facade in order to assist in uh, uh, placing passengers in the right place. Because right now there's a lot of darkness. Uh, you can't see into the building. Uh, doorways are not apparent and the building is sort of a low consistent uh, uh, section. So going to that landside expression, our proposed massing um, 
does a couple things. Um, there is a, a new lighter uh, canopy to uh, protect that curve because it's, it's, it's quite shallow and quite narrow. Uh, we propose that the area underneath the canopy, which um, is, uh, which everyone really sees from the pedestrian and driver level, be as clear as possible to be able to see into the building, similar to the strategies that we've pursued and been successful at in Terminal 1 and Terminal 2. Being able to see into the building uh, as clearly as possible and have the openings visible uh, helps reduce the congestion on the curve. And, and then third, that there are, uh, the building begins to tell itself uh, how it operates. The security checkpoint in this new uh, project will be now consolidated into the center of the building, somewhat, somewhere kind of aligned to where the pedestrian bridge is. So we propose that the security checkpoint facade raises up so that it creates an emphasis that this is the center point of the building. Not only is the pedestrian bridge pointing to the center point of the building and it has a greater emphasis, but also that the security checkpoint is there. So if you're driving along, you can see the raised area and say, all right, this is this is clearly the front door. This is this is this is the, the fast way in. If I have no ticketing or check-in baggage um, uh, uh, requirements, I can move to the center of the building where the building is the highest, find the security checkpoint, and then be through airside as quickly as possible. Uh, team, you have about three minutes remaining. Okay. Great, three minutes. So again, I'll call I'll, I'll uh, call your attention to the yellow, the light yellow, which is future scope that we'll talk about later. So the goals and principles around just this facade um, is to um, really provide that wayfinding from the exterior to reduce congestion, but really also uh, effective to um, take into consideration the climactic performance um, uh, of this building. If you if we go to the next page, we'll see that the building faces uh, the blue building there, G3 there, faces almost due directly south. So the face of this building gets a lot of sunlight throughout the day. And you can see through the diagrams, I know they're very, very small, but the building is quite shallow. So in the winter, you've got a lot of sun blazing through uh, what we hope is a much more glassy, transparent building. We want to bring in the sunlight so that we reduce the amount of electricity. We want to block out the glare so that people on screens and people who are working, um, especially security checkpoint officers, do not uh, in, uh, experience glare and discomfort. So uh, there's a lot of tools that we're looking at, but the, the bottom quick and easy doesn't work. Uh, we've looked into both electrochromic, uh, uh, glass brick, as well as um, shading the, the glass with metal screens. And it will likely need to be a combination of, of a couple of these tools. More than one is, is what we're finding based on our daylighting uh, analysis. Um, on the air side, we have a different, uh, we have, it's a much easier problem. It faces north and east and west. So fins and things that we have done in the past and other buildings like T1 uh, will operate there, whether it be frit or electrochromic glass, we will probably uh, find a way to create much more uh, 
uh, passenger comfort and building optimization of its mechanical systems through those traditional uh, methods. And with that, I think I probably have 30 seconds left. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we might want to turn the lights on if someone has the. Thank you. Um, commissioners, comments. This is conceptual. We won't be voting on this, but they're looking for our comments as they move forward. Commissioner Carney. All right. Um, first of all, it's great to know that the 1970s facade will finally be gone soon. <laughs> uh, since this review today regards is regarding concept, um, I have a lot to say, so I'll just read it if that's okay. Um, you wrote in your concept blurb, a goal is fitting within the SFO campus, but having unique terminal identity. The curve of terminal three and the curve of Harvey Milk terminal one match in terms of shape. So why not relate more in other ways as well? It's hard to find, it's hard to unify all four terminals so that at least the only two curve facades might match somewhat since the international terminal and terminal two will always stand alone as unique shapes. Plus the facade mirror, facade materials of the international terminal and terminal two are already set and won't change anytime soon. However, Harvey Milk Terminal 1 is a new look at SFO since the new, a new material was introduced, the greenish flush glass, which is also similar to the greenish glass on the new hotel, the Grand Hyatt. So if we are to have a somewhat unified campus look, it seems the two curved terminals might be of the same glass. Even though some of us don't love that glass color, it seems the card is out of the barn, and if unity is truly sought, the two curves might at least be of similar materials. Even without exact matching facades, Terminal 3 and Harvey Milk can still closely relate. Now, if you can turn back to the massing model on page 9. The drawings show some massing differences between the two terminal facades in that you show raised security checkpoints. Terminal, at Terminal 3. One assumes this means a taller parapet in the center. I'm not sure that will show to those driving by, but it's, it's really not that, that big of a, of a comment. Also, the drawings note landside facade and canopy. It seems that difference is appropriate based on your sun studies, as Terminal 3 does seem to receive more sun than Terminal 1 Harvey Milk. However, Harvey Milk also does have entry canopies with a simple broad sweep of the glass above. So perhaps those canopies might relate between Terminal 1 and Terminal 3. The curve of Terminal 3 we discussed last time will be reinforced on top by adding the additional curve mechanical penthouse. So when you're on the air train, you see those symmetrical curves. However, the new operations center bump on the roof which is shown on this page, doesn't reinforce the curve. In fact, it even works against it. Is there another place where that new operations center can go to reestablish that curve? Perhaps it can go atop that octagon. You said that it's there to have more visibility to the planes. If it was on the octagon, you could actually see all of the planes. Or even if it's on the part of the new wider tarmac area, the, the yellow shown just before the, the octagon. Maybe it could hook left 
and then it would still be in the center and the people in the operations center could still see both parts of the runway. Can you blend that roof bump better into the into the curve theme is what I'm asking. Ironically, Harvey Milk Terminal 1 doesn't have all of those busy roof protrusions, so its curve is cleaner and simpler when viewed from the train. The air side is, is fine. I have no, no questions on that. However, the tall addition coming off the international terminal, which seems which is on the west end of Terminal 3, is quite a change. Will it relate visually to Terminal 3? Or will its facade expression relate to the international terminal so it appears as an extension to the inter international terminal? Lastly, the bridge connection to the curve of Harvey Milk Terminal 1 has a box protruding from the facade, which takes away from the sweeping curve of Terminal 1. I brought some photographs of that. I'm sorry that um, all of you can't be here today so that you could see what I'm talking about. Um, I hope Terminal 3 won't repeat that detail from Terminal 1, which diminishes the full sweep of the curve. It actually blocks it. So um, please look how the, how the bridge is going to connect to Terminal 3. To sum up, creating a more visually cohesive SFO is clearly a major goal. So working in pairs, in pairs may help. The two curve structures relating somewhat closely can be a counterpoint pieces of the puzzle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, any other comments? I have a question uh, on what is it? Slide five. Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner Brenzel. So sorry. Um, something about the. The joy of flight, Bay Area naturalism, microclimates, tectonics, and then a day in the life of San Francisco. You didn't speak to it. I'm just curious what. How a day in the life of San Francisco. I just didn't understand the tying in ties the chapters together. I just did not understand what that was speaking to. Sure. I thank you for the question. Um, if I could answer, I mean, we, we can address this later on when we come back. But uh, the, uh, the the terminal one, two, and three are really uh, speak to uh, different parts of the bay, the Bay Area, and T1 was really about the natural world. T2 was uh, designed around this idea of the microclimate. And T3, we are thinking, ties it together by tying together both the natural world, the urban world, and tying them to points of time in the day. So um, it, it, it ties together the idea of microclimates from T2, the naturalism in T1, but we're adding in, in T3, through, through the, the, the journey through T3 would be a, a journey through um, uh, a, a journey through San Francisco. <clears throat> so it's we're, we're working uh, it, it's the, the idea is developing, but it is uh, uh, it is San Francisco specific, but it takes elements of one and two and reinterprets them in a different way. Hi, this is Janine Chioda. Um, I don't have a question. I just had a comment on, um, and I'm not an architect, so I won't 
uh, comment architecturally. Um, conceptually, I like it. I would just love um, so there's a lot of new uh, commissioners on in this working committee. Um, so I don't know if you had a chance to see how the 2% for the arts goes into the budget and I'd love to see this concept reflected in the artwork that and you know, the architectural expression and the lighting expression the, of to bring that outside thematic into the interior thematic. Um, that's all I had to say. Thanks for the presentation. Um, hi, Commissioner. Commissioner Schneer here. Um, so um, I agree with a lot of the points that Commissioner Carney raised, and I think one of I commend you. It's difficult when you are working with hodgepodge pieces like this piece now and the next piece there and this piece there and how is it all going to come together? So I totally get the difficulties of that. And that's one of the things I ask you about is how are you going to make it harmonious? And you've talked some of the concepts, but I think it's really important some of the points that uh, Commissioner Carney made in terms of how to go about making it more harmonious and making it all work better together. Um, and I think you have an issue there, particularly with the administration building that was just plunked down and has always bugged the crap out of me anyway, <laughs> um, because it just it shouldn't be in an airport uh, terminal. Um, the other thing I do have uh, concerns about is your concept of the central um, security area, how people know that, how that's going to allay um, uh, congestion. Uh, it might be making it worse. So I ask you to kind of think that through really thoughtfully and carefully because I can see that being uh, issues. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really tricky for you to get a canopy that protects from the sun without making it the heavy 1970s structure that's there now. So um, I see what a lot of the concerns are and uh, I'm kind of raising them and uh, look forward to seeing phase one, what you come up with. And I hope you take the comments in. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I just have a couple of comments. I agree um, with some of the other comments made. Um, one of my concerns is that curve continuity, which I know you're trying very hard to maintain. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of details that need to make that work. Um, just conceptually, in terms of volume, it's interrupted. And so that's, to me, that's a concern for me. It just doesn't seem to flow as, as it's described. So how that develops, I think, if you can streamline that, the materials, the sense of weight, um, and even maybe looking at it again so that it recedes a little bit, I get that you've got a challenge on your hands, no question. Um, I also agree with the rooftop uh, um, construction at the top that there needs to be some kind of consistency there so that it reinforces the curvature if possible. Um, so maybe relocating it or even moving it forward so it's part of that continuum of curvature might help reinforce the curve overall, especially for those coming into the airport on the train. Um, so overall, those are my comments, just that the details and materials are really important and that curve is the thing that holds everything together more than anything else in the, yeah. in the uh, facade. So interrupting that somewhat or having it be perceived as interrupting, I think, breaks down the continuity. So I would 
suggest taking a, another of your many strong looks. I know you've already worked very hard on this, but um, one more one more pass at that. Um, any other comments? Is there any public comment on this? Uh, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. You're currently on item three. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. <clears throat> you will see a visual timer and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Um, I'm requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Uh, I see no requests for public comments, uh, so public comment for this item is now closed. Thanks, team. Thanks, everyone. So we'll move to item number four. This is a southeast plant, the operations engineering maintenance buildings phase one. Team, are you ready? Patrick, uh, this is currently from Harvey Mill. They have this big, you know, just cuts it off. And you don't see the curve. And you mm -hmm. know. Actually, what we have a terminal to right now is cleaner than this. So we mm -hmm. just want to make that. Yeah, good point. Good point. Should should they take this with them? I, I, I gave it to them. Oh, oh thank you. you. Okay. Okay. Yes. Oh. It's out there eating chocolate. Okay. Thank you. So hard to see reception. Do you want to begin? We do have our commissioner Rothschild who's on her way. Yeah. Um, team, you'll have 15 minutes to present and I'll start the timer and give you a 3 minute warning. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Shelby Campbell and I'm the project manager for this project. Uh, it's two new buildings at our southeast plant, um, and we're here today after schematic design to do CDR phase one review, um, which to uh, show you the evolution of the design from when we were here for concept. And the only other comment that I'll make is just to keep in mind for people who are new commissioners is that the architecture is keeping is in keeping with design guidelines that were established for the entire campus during the time of of uh, when we were uh, doing going through design on the biosolids project and the headworks projects at that time we did a design guidelines for the entire campus and just to remind everybody of, of those guidelines and that the, the architecture is in keeping with those i'm going to swap with our landscape architect since you have a chair hello commissioners my name is reggie stump i'm the project architect on this project with the uh, Public Works Bureau of Architecture. Uh, Nick here is with uh, landscape team and he'll present uh, after the architecture. Uh, just presentation context, Shelby already talked about uh, us being here for concept during in August. 
Again, just for site context. Uh, for site context, again, the southeast plant, which we call SCP for wastewater, is in blue here. Our project site is in orange in the uh, southeast quadrant of San Francisco. So zooming in a little further, um, again, our project site is at the corner of Phelps and Gerald. The entire SCP campus is in blue here. Gerald Avenue actually divides the campus currently into the north and south campus. Uh, you'll see to the west are kind of small industrial buildings to the south, uh, more residential. Uh, to the east, there's some more small uh, industrial buildings. Uh, and the Southeast Community Center, which opened last year, is uh, directly adjacent to the North Campus. Some context views of our site. So everything within the project boundary here will be demolished as part of the site or project. Uh, view A here shows the corner of Phelps and Gerald and the kind of non-remarkable uh, parking lot. Uh, B shows the western constraint of our site, which is the existing vehicular entry. Uh, Mid-block uh, kind of shows the view here. Again, this building will be demolished. And C shows kind of the context uh, across the street of the existing uh, warehouse, uh, sh um, shop. So last time we presented, we talked about creating a central hub for the North Campus. So part of the project program includes uh, spaces that all employees can use uh, on the North Campus. So our project site is centrally located between the North and South Campus for easy access. And then zooming in, the western part of our site um, is centrally located between two uh, more employee-focused buildings, the existing Building 930, which is there now, and then Building 600, which was part of Biosolids. Uh, so the arrows here are kind of showing the pedestrian pathway between these buildings. The gray buildings are mostly process buildings, so there's not you know a lot of people in those all the time. So we're creating a hub on the western end of our project site. Uh, just quickly, program massing. We showed this last time, but it's two story, uh, two buildings. One is the mechanical maintenance building, which is the double height shop space, uh, and the three story building. Uh, which has shop space on the first floor, lockers and showers shared for all employees on the site, and then offices on the third floor. And here you can see where we've located the employee, what we call the employee commons or the uh, shared program, the campus wide break room, the wellness center and the conference rooms, uh, not only creating uh, proximity and uh, location to 630, but also a visual connection back to uh, 600. Architectural site plan, I'll let Nick talk more about the site plan, but just a couple things to note, the, build, the buildings are at a zero lot line, so the back of the sidewalk, uh, for site security so we don't have to create a fence, um, and also to create uh, enough space between the existing 930 and the buildings to have laydown space for the shops to be functioning outside and also to create a new access driveway. Uh, there is a mechanical 
courtyard between the two buildings, uh, but you'll see in the elevations, we have walls to screen that from public view. Also a wall here to screen the employee outdoor space from public view. Uh, floor plans, so the first floor again uh, is here. One thing to note here is that we've created shops that go from north to south all the way through the building so that we can get daylight on the southwest facade here and also on the northeast facade here. So we get two points of daylighting into the shops. Uh, second level, we have lockers. Uh, mostly the floor plan is locker rooms and showers for all the staff. The locker room is uh, on Gerald Avenue facing the public, but you'll see in the, ele in the elevations how we have dressed kind of privacy, but also creating daylighting into those locker rooms. Third floor is the office, open office space. Uh, and to the north is private offices. We pulled back the workstations off the southeast facade uh, so that the solar heat gain and glare is not directly onto the workstation. So we have a kind of a hallway along here. And then again, we've stacked that kind of employee commons program uh, on the northwest uh, part of our building. So solar control contributes to the facade design. Um, Gerald Avenue here, you can see is facing Southwest. Uh, so we've got some harsh sun uh, direction. And then also the employee commons facade here is for, uh, facing Northwest. So solar control is definitely part of the facade design. So moving into materials and precedents. So on the upper right is actually building 600 that's under construction now, part of the biosolids project that Shelby mentioned. Uh, and this is the material palette that is part of that project. The orange represents terracotta, the gray is cast in place concrete and fiber cement. And then the dark gray is a metal panel. Uh, on the left here is our uh, current elevations. And a couple things to note is we've kind of tried to keep this kind of a datum of the height, trying to keep a, a base and a harmony between the campus. Uh, and in terms of materials, we've uh, we've used this, but we've taken uh, we've changed the terracotta to a folded metal panel that you know would be something like this, but we're the same color and hue as the terracotta. We did that for a couple of reasons. Um, it's a lot lighter system for the structure and the foundation and the detailing. And also, uh, it's a less expensive uh, material, but it'll still fit in within the campus materials. Uh, again, kind of fiber cement, solar control fins that we're showing at the southwest facade here and on the northwest uh, facade there. Precast at the base to create a site uh, security and then curtain wall. So we wanted just to show a little design process. Uh, these are three initial schemes. Um, but based on the importance of uh, kind of expression of building entry, the facade responding to the very mixed program on the first, second, and third, kind of uh, expressing an institutional um, or civic kind of expression on Gerald Street uh, and solar control, we kind of took the best of scheme A and scheme C and these are our current elevations. So you see on the base, we have the architectural precast. We've introduced these two foot wide uh, 
windows that uh, create a pedestrian scale along the street, but also create daylighting into those shops that I showed in the floor plan. Um, above that, we have the roof kind of sloped here to express the building entry and the campus entry, which is the vehicular entry is right here. Uh, and we've introduced two ways of kind of expressing the program. One here is kind of metal panel with glazing pattern at the employee commons program. The wellness room is right here. The conference room's here. Oops. Um, and then here is where the open offices are at with solar control and curtain wall. Uh, and then we've actually pulled the curtain wall down so that this is a clear story providing daylight into the lockers, but still providing privacy along this solid wall here. Uh, the campus side, we've taken that atom height and kind of wrapped it around the building. Again, with the roof expression with the building entry, the building entry is actually right here. And the employee commons program is here. And we've taken that expression and uh, put it along the entire facade uh, because along here, the program is different from the southwest facade. This is all private offices that we wanted to bring a more a smaller scale, intimate scale to the building with, again, extending the uh, uh, curtain wall for clear stories back into the hallway. So lastly, perspective views. Um, these kind of summarize our design principles that we presented during concept uh, in August and also discussed today. Um, just kind of expressing the roof entry, solar controls at the Northwest, solar control at the Southwest, creating a site uh, street level security along here with the precast, but also providing daylight into the shops. Um, so in summary, uh, you know, the SCP employees uh, work in process buildings, industrial, large concrete buildings uh, that can smell and be loud. And so the, um, these two buildings are kind of strive to create spaces for employee wellness um, kind of employee gathering at the commons area here, the break room, and kind of uh, building camaraderie. So with that, I'll turn it over to Nick. And you have about three minutes Great. remaining. Thank you, Reggie. Uh, we're just going to dive right in. The paving pattern that we're using on the plan relates to this project, uh, the Building 600 project. We call it the water drop pattern. Uh, this is an area that we... Uh, we're, we're driving, uh, drawing inspiration from, go to the next. Uh, the site plan uh, is kind of the overall site plan showing that uh, tree layout. Uh, we have the shared street concept. This concept is really the idea of the street um, being the place uh, for operations, lay down and maintenance. Um, it's really roomy. It's really a lot of room um, to make it fully functional. Um, one of the things we're trying to do to delineate uh, vehicular space from pedestrian spaces, define it by vegetation, but also by paving. And if we go to the next, um, you can see, uh, let's see, which one is it? Uh, we have unit pavers uh, in these areas and we're using concrete in the driveways, again, to delineate these areas, uh, vehicular from uh, pedestrian areas. And you can see the, the red triangles are the vehicular uh, driveways they are about 15 feet wide and then all the other doors that have access uh, into the into the building. I think the thing that we've really developed since we were here last is that is kind of the courtyard space. Uh, this courtyard's about 1,500 square feet. It has a raised planter. 
Uh, we've also kind of uh, uh, emphasized this corner of the building with another raised planter outside, which would have a specimen tree to kind of mark the entry of the building while also holding back the rest of the trees. If you go back to the next, or if you go back one, we want to leave an open space so that you can really see the entry to the building and the signage for the building. Go back forward, sorry, Reggie. Um, so uh, just some of the other elements, again, uh, uh, street trees and, and uh, sidewalk on the north. On the back, it's really just all uh, paving, different types of paving concrete, and then uh, tree wells to define uh, the street trees. In terms of fencing, we have uh, the fencing on the west side. This is going to be, uh, uh, Reggie mentioned the architectural walls between the buildings here. Uh, where it's not that material, it's going to be a transparent 10-foot high 9-kilometer fence. Uh, that's over here and, and over here. Um, we're still working on uh, the exact details of that fencing right now. I think it's going to be a transparent fence of some sort of extruded metal. Um, we'll have more uh, when we come back next time oh, at phase two. Um, if we go moving forward, I just want to show uh, some sections. Uh, these are the first section. Section A is uh, across the street. I want to uh, make clear that we have a, a quite a wide uh, street. It's about 26 feet wide. It's, it's wider than a standard San Francisco street, um, but this gives room for um, uh, operations and maintenance and all the trucks that are kind of coming in and out. And just to give you a sense of scale for the uh, the number of trees where where um, the trees have been moving around a lot, as you can imagine, in terms of um, all the needs, uh, utilities, and and whatnot for the buildings and and even existing utilities. So. We've been a little constrained uh, on the building side about where we can put trees, but we're trying to organize it in a, in a rational way. Keep going. Uh, section through the courtyard with the canopy of the courtyard, again, about 26 feet wide. Um, we think this space um, gives us enough room for um, both casual outdoor lunch, if it's a nice day, or um, all hands meetings if they wanted to do it outside. Go next. Uh, View down the street, again, uh, holding the trees back from the uh, front uh, entry and a specimen tree and the round planter on the corner. And uh, again, defining the uh, uh, vehicular areas from pedestrian areas using trees and uh, vegetation. Next. A view of the courtyard, uh, again, really kind of emphasizing this drawing really emphasizes the raindrop pattern and the paving. But again, um, we're trying to have fun with the planting, and uh, we'd like to use a lot of uh, scented plants here because the smell isn't often very good out here. Let me go next. Uh, these are some of the materials we're using, unit pavers, uh, raised concrete planters. Uh, all the trees are going to be bollard protected in the last one. But we, again, this industrial plant, not much room to move around. Next. And again, uh, the planting pot, we're still defining it, but we'll have a street tree, specimen tree, courtyard tree, and again, uh, trying to use uh, Beautiful scented plants uh, in the courtyard. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you for the light. Um. <laughs> yeah. We can just yeah. go up there. Yeah, that's fine. It's really fabulous that you made a model at face. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyone like to go up and take a quick look? Oh, sure. 
probably after me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Try. Yeah, the timing and it was like. I know I did it in like six or seven, so I could do it in three. <laughs> it's okay. Can jump right into this. Okay, commissioners. Let's jump into this. Yeah. Okay. Great idea. Uh, Commissioner Shioda. Sure. Thank you so much for the uh, presentation. A um, couple quick questions. Um, the zero lot line. Um, so I guess my concern there is that you've got a 7 2 sidewalk with trees. And, you know, as we know, trees like grow and then that's the public side. So, you know, the, the workplace side, I had a question on, but, um, yeah, just that, uh, is, is the plantings that would be involved there just, you know, zero lot line. I understand that you don't want a fence and you want to use as much space as you can, but, mm -hmm. um, but it's also kind of daunting because you've got this small little sidewalk in this. Right. Monolithic and even, um, the materiality of the windows. So you break up that like gray stripe, you know, because it's pretty, the poured concrete is pretty severe. Um, so that would be, do you know what you would use in that um, for the windows in that? Windows will, the windows will be a uh, translucent glazing so that mm -hmm. there's no visibility into the shops right. for security, but it, right. yeah, it'll be some sort of translucent glazing. Yeah. Um, and tone of glass would it would it kind of match the the poured concrete or i guess i'm trying to figure out what um uh, how that feels like how that feels color. on the sidewalk yeah, yeah i think there'll be some you know reveals like yeah. it's not gonna the glass won't be flush with the concrete there'll be you know some reveals there yeah, to provide some variation to the to the facade yeah uh, the, the glazing probably it's not going to be colored glazing or anything it'll probably just be a translucent Kind of yeah, and I guess because you're going zero lot line and as we know, as trees grow, then they pop up the concrete yeah. and then you have accessibility problems later. So just doing a tree that is very root. I don't even know, you know what I'm. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other side of the building, uh, I think it's building 609, the smaller building on the right. When you flip it over to the other side, there's no windows. Um, I think it's slide 13. And I was just wondering why there was no 
uh, transparency in that uh, building 603. I don't think your mic's on. Well, it's not. Thank you. Uh, we were balancing uh, the expression of this corner because this is at Phelps and Gerald, and it's kind of you know a corner building. And we wanted to get daylight and kind of express uh, daylight getting into the building and kind of variation of that since it's publicly viewed. Uh, and we thought that uh, simplifying this elevation as just uh, a metal panel uh, because we have plenty of daylight in there and we didn't want to just introduce all this daylight, too much daylight into the space and get you know more HVAC, more energy costs. So we decided to kind of uh, focus the glazing on this uh, see if I perspective. Yeah, so you can see it here. Yeah. Public side is glazed here. So this is what people see, and this is kind of the expression and introducing more glazing wasn't necessary for daylight. Couple questions. Yes. Do you all have a height limit here? Oh, uh, Commissioner Rothschild. That's me, Jessica. Come in. <laughs> I was wondering, do you all have a height limit on this uh, area here? Uh, it's zoned as 65. But not that you would, but you could go higher. Uh, uh, not much because it's uh, there's also this uh, bulk and height limit okay. of the site. So it's 65 if it's not like a really long building like this. Okay. I think it's I think it's uh, 300 feet diagonal. You have to go down from the 65. And is this steel construction? Uh, good question. Uh, oh. Currently, we're through SD. We went through two structural systems. We have mass timber. Oh. And we have steel. Okay. And so we're um, working with PUC and Shelby, and then also eventually a CMGC when they get on board to kind of flush out the costs and the benefits. But we wanted to take it through SD and then probably within three or four months, by definitely by DD, we'll have made that decision. Got it. Okay. And then be more of a cost. No. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cost. I think it's kind of comfortable, you know, PUC being comfortable with the new structural system, the contractor, the CMGC, if if they have zero mass timber experience, that might influence us, or if the CMGC has a ton of mass timber experience and just knows how this goes, then that'll influence the decision as well. And then uh, one, another last question, uh, is there, will there be mechanical uh, equipment up top? Yes. Okay. So we've currently, um, there's mechanical equipment in the courtyard that feeds the first floor, like all the shops here. And then the other mechanical equipment is up on the roof that feeds the second and third floor. So we've kind of split the systems up. So it will be on the, it'll be on top. It'll of be the on the roof in the center of the roof though. Center right here, okay. Yeah, we have, uh, if I go to the floor, whoops. Well, just a, a couple quick, I mean, I love how this is a building for the folks that live, live, work well. Work. Eventually live and work around here. Definitely work. Uh, and uh, I just, uh, I guess, my question moving forward would be how 
can the design be developed to further support uh, the fact that this is, you know, a very human centered building uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and built uh, for, you know, people to, to use, uh, not in an industrial way, but in a, you know, a, in an office and health way. And I guess one question I have is, I love how you have this bit in the front here uh, and it and how that it, how you described it. What was the word that you said? It was just kind of employee commons. Yeah, employee commons. So mm -hmm. just in terms of the height, I mean, I, I know that you have this the roof here and which is mm -hmm. which is beautiful. But is is there also an opportunity to just pop up this area here, which might be more in, in context, like uh, with the building, uh, with the neighborhood uh, as this uh, canted roof is beautiful, but um, maybe something popped up mm. or not might might be nice there in a different way to get the light in. And then just in terms of, you know, how the building is driven by the solar orientation, the uh, the envelope material. Um, you you talked about it very beautifully uh, and lovingly. And again, uh, as the design develops, I guess it would be interesting to see how that pattern and um uh materiality can again uh maybe loosen up a little bit uh, again because it's not an industrial building but mm -hmm. you know like i see like a lot of uh you know attention to the different levels of transparency versus opacity but i'm not quite sure uh like even though you've said it, I'm not sure it doesn't. It doesn't read here. Not that it does. It, not that it needs to. But again, like, how does a building? Does a building want to just loosen up a little bit? I guess and just uh, be a little bit more of a, a friendly neighborhood uh, building, mm -hmm. um, which I know you know there's a lot of issues with that. Uh, but you know, being a public a city building, I feel like giving back to the neighborhood is part of the um, uh, purpose of the building. And again, I know there's security issues, but like how how can we as city people give back uh, more? And I, I don't know, I'll, I'll see what you do. Okay. You know, because I mean, I know you're addressing the security, but at the same time, how does yeah. that, how does it become an and and not a but? We're addressing the security and as opposed to, but you know what I mean? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, okay, cool. And, but, and quickly, Clarification: Because of the Southeast Community Center, mm. right? There will not be artwork on this mm. uh, in this campus because this big, bigger project. I'm just explaining this for new commissioners. Um, was was all all of the two percent for the arts was put into the Southeast mm. Community Center? Is that correct? Am I putting words in anyone's mouth? I think the majority. Not or not? Yeah. 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 I, okay. If, if so I much. can, I I look through the stuff. It looks like there's. Oh, Blair, please. Can you answer that? It looked like there was over a million available. Yeah. Yeah. Take the mic that's there. Sure. Yeah. Director Remington, uh, it's a great question. Thank you for the question. Um, so we uh, at this particular location. We had a conversation with the staff, the Arts Commission, the Public Arts staff, and it's a relatively narrow facing part of the building um, that would be visible uh, to, 
from Gerald. Um, I'm sorry, from Phelps. So it's not necessarily a great location for public art. So what we are thinking is like exploring some other opportunities for public art. But you know, to the question of giving back, um, we have about an investment of about approximately seven and a half million dollars of public art in this neighborhood. So between the CDD yard, the Southeast Community Center, and the Headworks building. Um, but those are heavy investments in particular locations. So we're thinking about because there's so much uh, community frontage for this property, how might we use the pooled art enrichment funds from this project, perhaps in some other locations. So that's kind of the where we're looking right now is thinking like this is about a, it's 1.1 million dollars for art enrichment from this particular project um, and on Phelps. Um, the visibility is not that great. It's not a, a super great location for public art. Um, and so we're in conversation with the staff of the Arts Commission to figure out where might we, if we pooled these art enrichment funds, where, where might else we could use them for, for kind of a maximum public benefit. Does so I, I think it's an interesting question. Oh, is it? May I, can I talk that? Um, <laughs> if, if I may just oh, yeah. interject here, just uh, to give you some background information. Yeah that uh, Blair was beginning to tell you too. And since I've been reviewing these for 10 years, I'm kind of aware of it as well. But um, I mean, I remember going to look at where the Southeast Community Center was going to be with Shelby and Greta and stuff. And um, anyway, it, because they knew that this huge new facility was going to really change things, they there was a very strong concerted effort to create different commu the community center and several other things to uh, to give back to the community in a major way and to make it really uh, inviting for the community. So that's been something that's been going on for over ten years there. So I just wanted to give you that background in terms of what you were discussing. And Blair, if you want to add in, please do. Oh, I was just going to say it's. I think it's an interesting discussion between what is art that's applied to the building and what is the architect and designer's role to uh, create a building that is artful. And uh, so uh, maybe in this building, and and again, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not like suggesting that we theme all our buildings or anything. But I, the landscape architect gentleman was talking about the raindrops or whatever. So in terms of loosening up the building, maybe there's an opportunity to drive some of uh, that art into uh, the envelope of the building and, and it's reflected, you know, about, you know, it reflects or something about what goes on there. And then, you know, even it doesn't necessarily have to be the exterior of the building. Uh, you know, as you look into these buildings at night, oftentimes there's nice views uh, and things that happen inside the building in terms of color and movement can help uh, make the neighborhood you know, contribute to the neighborhood. And for the sake of our listening audience, that was Commissioner Rochelle. I just wanted, uh, I just wanted uh, Ralph to say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> what a voice he has. Okay, thank you. Any <laughs> comments, commissioners? I'm sure Oh, you want to continue? Commissioner Schneer? Yeah, I kind of got off subject there. I mean, I, I was focusing in on the overall to give you some of the background. Yeah, um, anyway, um, in terms of the mass timber and stuff, I don't know if you're aware, um, there's a project at CCA, California College of the Arts, with, and if you wanted to go over there and take a look, um, it's I, it might be helpful to you to see what's going on or to talk with the um, 
with the team there that's involved with it. And yeah. So the structural engineers are IDC structural, but we also have Arab. Oh. And the same structural engineer right. that worked on CCA is working on this project. Right. And he right. gave us a tour. Oh, wonderful. And we also have gone down to the San Mateo County office yeah. building, which has just got substantial completion like two weeks ago or something. Yeah. So okay, great. Yeah, I just wanted to We're give definitely some getting out there to information. Look at yeah, it. There, it, it is out there. And yeah. um, I commend you for uh, considering and investigating it. I think it's great. Um, also, I also commend you for the um, canted roof. Um, I like that idea there. It, uh, what you've done in terms of sun issues and also because that's the common area and stuff. So I think that's a wonderful concept and I look forward to seeing that develop more. Um, I am again uh, concerned a little bit about street side in terms of uh, not so much welcoming as becoming a barrier. So there is a balance and just being aware of that. And then the other aspect of it is the security of it. You know, tall vertical windows, I know they'll be, um, you know, they won't be clear, but um, it, will that cause an issue in terms of possible vandalism and stuff? I don't know. Um, just thoughts in terms of how to make this balance. Um, so it ain't easy, but you guys are good, so you'll figure it out. <laughs> um, I think those are the major comments. Uh, I look forward to this aspect of this whole big project that's been going on, as we said, for like 10 years now. Um, uh, seeing, uh, I like how this hub is really the center to bring the people that work there together. So I really applaud you for that. Thank you. Commissioner Carney. Uh, hi, first of all, thank you for the model. That was very helpful. Um, I think that it's coming along pretty well. And um, also, thank you for the precedent photos. Um, could you bring those up again regarding what um, Commissioner um, Rothschild was saying? Um, the the area on the second row down where it's showing the you know the ski slope, um, it has a line going across. So, in following with what she said, if that did bump up a little bit, you know the horizontal would go through so there would be room for a clear story at the very end of that to bring more light in like she she suggested um just a thought um and i love the exaggerated tall skinny vertical openings everywhere i really really like that and that it's um, accentuated more by the tall skinny grill slats slots slats sorry um and in following up what um, Commissioner Snare said, um, I too worry about the um, the public side, which is very small here. Most of the project is, you know, inside the property. It goes deeper and deeper inside. But that little small end, if you could bring up that elevation. Um, this one? Or the person? You mean this one? Right here? Yeah, that one. That one. We're circling it. All right, the tall skinny windows, like Commissioner Snare said, in the concrete part might be a mm -hmm. problem. But the top part of it, why can't you make it more public facing? You know, it's the main, it really is that tiny facade, the main front of the building to the street, I mean, to the neighborhood. And it's not a back or an end. So if you could add some windows there, would it bring too much light into the um, shop area? Because I think that really could use some more windows on the orange area, not necessarily the concrete. Yeah. 
Yeah, we can look at that. So as long as it doesn't make it too hot and unworkable in there. And then lastly, there is currently a sign. I brought it here. Um, right at that same corner, there's a long, skinny concrete sign, which oh, yeah. identifies what the facility is. So maybe a little bit of the arts enrichment plan or funds could be used to reestablish that because it, it really is the marker of the site. And that's it. Thank you. I have a couple of comments and one or two questions. Um, first of all, I just want to say what a really wonderful project. Um, both architecture and landscape are working nicely together and also with the site in general and with the street. It feels like a really excellent composition and it fits within the campus. And I just want to commend you for that. And then to thank you for that model, which is exceptional to see a model at phase one. Wow, that's really nice. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> um, let's see, what did I say here? I have notes uh, here and there. Um, I wanted to ask about the metal panels. How are they stable with UV? Are, do they fade over time? Because that could be uh, an issue. Do you know if the color will fade? Uh, it, it'll probably be a powder coat. So, it, you know, it, it shouldn't fade. You know, like Southeast Community Center, we used powder coating on all the the vertical slats and the canopy. So it shouldn't, you know, fade. It's a powder coat that'll last 30 okay. plus years. Good, um, because I thought it's very important to that building. And so yeah. I'm sure that that would hold up. And then what else did I have here? I want to say thank you very much for drawing sections of the landscape. We don't get to see them very often and hurrah. Uh, I like looking at them. It helps me understand it much more quickly. And um, I think it's a really nice design. The only question I had, and you answered it in your presentation, was the closeness of the trees where the trucks would go through. And I just was concerned that the trucks would kind of topiary those trees. And it doesn't look like that would happen. So good job. Um, the round planter, I just say give it a lot of detail. Really think about that because I think it's going to be the Ta-da on the street. Mm -hmm. So it may need to relate to the building a little bit through color, materials, or something, but um, it doesn't have to be fussy, but um, find, find a connection. Otherwise, I am saying yay. Nice, really nice project. Okay, do we have any public comment on uh, item number four? Uh, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We are currently on item four. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Uh, I see no requests for public comments. Public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, uh, commissioners, do I have a motion uh, to approve the Southeast Plant Operations Engineering Maintenance Building at Phase 1? Commissioner Brenzel so moved. Do I have a second? Second, Commissioner Schneer. Uh, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, unanimously passed. Nice job. Thank you. Well done. 
Okay, let's move to item number five. This is the Chinatown Public Health Center renovation phase three. And also, I would like to introduce translator Tin Key, who will be uh, present to give instructions. She will be translating um, for us. And do you have a, uh, just a moment, please. Do you have a microphone? Yes, you do. Okay, team, are you ready to present? And first of all, we'll get instructions. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Just a moment, please. Should I go ahead I ask if anyone needs Cantonese interpretation. Okay, no one seems to need interpretation. So we will call on you. Okay. okay. Yeah, so there won't be, I won't be translated. Um, well, th thank you, everyone. Um, Colin Mosier, I'm the project architect with um, Depart Department of Public Works, um, Architecture. Um, and this is the uh, uh, we're going into the third phase of this project. Um, and the project is a three-story clinic that, fits, that sits over the Broadway um, entrance to the Broadway tunnel. Um, the, this side is facing Broadway, and you'll see later the side facing um, uh, Mason Street, which is the entry to the clinic on the other side of this building. Um, and this is a view from, from North Beach. Um, it's been a while since phase two, and that's because one of the contingencies was involved with the public art on this project, um, the existing um, sculpture. So we'll get into that, um, but that's why it's been a while now. So the project now is currently in permitting. So, you know, any comments you have, we'll, you know, we can incorporate into the permitting phase. Um, but basically, the two contingencies remaining from the previous uh, phase two was the dragon sculpture. Um, to study the placement and get public input, um, you know, look at the armature and lighting. Um, and then the other contingency was on the exterior signage um, that bring the signage to be more human in scale and lower on street level and um, have bilingual signage on both sides of, of the building. So, um, so in here uh, on the Broadway side, how we've um, responded to the two uh, contingencies. Um, on the right is what was previous, um, showing the um, existing dragon relief sculpture, which is currently on second floor, uh, moved to the roof. Um, and upon um, a, many much analysis and studies and public comment, uh, the Arts Commission has come back to us and asked us to put the, the sculpture in storage. So um, on the left is the proposed with no sculpture on the building. And in terms of contingency two, the exterior signage, um, it's really interesting that the, um, actually the zoning code, um, this being a residential zoning for this building, uh, requires all signage to be at the first floor level. So here, working with the planning department, um, you know, determined on this floor, the first floor isn't actually the building, it's the, the tunnel. So putting the signage down there doesn't make a lot of sense. So we put it on the first floor level. And uh, next slide will show that in a little more detail. 
So here, um, looking at that, we've added Chinese and English into that signage, put it on the first floor level there, um, and it would be a uh, brushed stainless, and I'll show you some details of the actual signage materials later. And this is yeah, looking into the Broadway Tunnel side. Um, now moving around to the um, Mason Street side, um, on the right is what was shown previously with large Chinese sign signage on the um, stair tower uh, and um, larger um, signage over the entry, um, and then also a, a, a planter wall that was at the sort of at the entry to kind of soften up the facade. Um, so uh, proposed, we've um, moved the signage, the Chinese signage, down to the street level to the on the first floor level, so it meets the zoning code. Thank you. I guess that was, oh well, top one. Let's go back. Um, well, the, the um, trying to get. I was just handed the pointer, so I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, I don't see where the button is, um, but the. Um, Um, I just want to go back there. So, um, yeah, so this was the planter wall. This was the large signage um, that was moved down and then the signage over the entry. And of course, the people who are attending virtually can't see the pointer. Um, but um, on the one on the left uh, shows the, the signage over the, the main entry smaller, more in closer to the main entry. And then also um, the in terms of the planter wall, the um, uh, the, um, pub, the um, health department came back and said that they didn't want to maintain the, didn't want to have to have to maintain that wall. Um, so we had, and at the same time in our public meetings, there has been a lot of um, asking for public art on the exterior of the building. So um, solving the two <laughs> problems, we proposed that as a placeholder for public art. So here's a elevation of that um, and at the left you can see that that um, of the facade you can see that area where we are proposing public art um, and we can see at the canopy where we've um, reduced the size of the signage and um, and then also the Chinese sign on the right side and then in addition to that uh, next to the entry there will be more detailed signage showing all of the functions in the building and the hours of operation um, just some detail on the signage um, at the top. If this working at the top, this would be um, over the the um, uh, canopy, so that it would be raised on posts, and then um, the other can the other signage would be um, against the uh, either against the metal panel or the um, Chinese letters, which would be against the precast. And then at the precast, we were proposing um, a uh, more of a dark bronze to match the the color of the mullions, and then the um, uh, and then at the the signage would be a brushed stainless steel. So this is a view looking the other way from uh, Mason Street, and um, that's completes this presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, comments on phase three. I have a couple. Yes, yeah. Um, actually, now that I see the the renderings, I actually like the the larger 
sputtering better. <laughs> and especially in this photo where the car is parked, it actually can obscure the sign, but you say it's required to be on the on the ground floor. Yeah. And if you and the lettering sizes, if you go back one slide, I think. They're really not that tall, nine inches and seven and a half. Anyway, it it sounds like everyone's already decided to go with the smaller signs, but um as for the um the dragon, I know it's not under your control, but hopefully it will not um be remain invisible in the basement of Brooks Hall forever. Hopefully um people will be realize its importance as one of the first pieces of art from this commission and done by one of the first um, female artists as well. So hopefully it won't disappear. And that's it. Thank you. Comments, commissioners? Uh, yes, this Janine. Uh, I just wanted to ask about that, like, and, and maybe it will read differently when it's built, but in this um, picture, the upper signage really blends into um, kind of the curtain wall behind and the windows. So I don't know if that's a light issue or if it's a, um, and then the, the logo for, you know, the heart, um, the circle with the heart. Um, so I, you know, drive through this tunnel all the time and as as it is with the dragon, like you drive so fast through it or you drive by it. And I didn't know what it was until I was on this project. But with the sign, I look at it in a snapshot and I couldn't tell what that is. So the the um yeah the tunnel side would be this this Yeah, no, not but yeah, I was And then on the other side, I, I see it's funny on this on these renderings on the screen, you it's true, it's difficult to read. Um on this if I look at the screen that I'm here on the laptop, yeah. it's very clear. So the contrast is kind of lost on the in the in the projection. But um, I do believe since we are using, you know, it's got to be glass in the background, and it's going to be a darker color for the metal. Um, right. Actually, if you compare it with, if you look at the upper left, that um, photo. that's the recently completed Southeast Health Center signage, which would be the same. And I think actually. You know, and there the mullions are are silver. Here the mullions are um, a bronze color. So I think they might even be more visible looking up at it than at the Southeast Health Center project. Great. And and just as a as a note, because um, I like branding and consistency, and I like thematic consistency. Um, so I, that that logo or that icon at the left with mm -hmm. the heart in it. I'd love to understand what that is, and there's no storytelling around that, you know, somewhere in the architecture, somewhere integrated into the artwork opportunities, somewhere in the inside. But you know what I'm saying, right? I just I'm I'm like, okay, what is that? I didn't from, um, so I'd love that to be brought woven through somewhere. Just as sure. yeah, I mean, yeah. DPW, it's I mean, uh, public health uh, um, department. So that's their logo. So if you go on the website, you see that on each and each of their different departments has a different color and it's part of their branding. So, um, you know, I think that it'd be interesting to put some more information on that on the project. But. Or there's the San Francisco hearts, you know, all over the city. 
integrating, you know what I'm saying? Just something. It's like, oh, okay, I'm in a place of healing and heart and love. Thanks. Any other commissioner comments? Okay, is there any public comment? You may need interpretation. Um, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. You're currently in item five. Um, as a reminder, your time will start um, when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Need to be said in Korean. I see no request for public comment. A public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, do I have a motion to? Um, Approve the Chinatown Public Health Center renovation at phase three. So move, Commissioner Schneer. And a second. Second, Chiota. Thank you. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Aye. Hearing, hearing none. Uh, motion passes unanimously. Thank you. That was a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's start construction um, in uh, early next year. And Commissioner Shiota will be excusing herself for a short time and then return. All right, um, let's move to item number six, the Southeast Health Center. This is a behavioral health clinics renovation, a small project review. So team, are you ready? Yes, we're ready. Okay. Uh, also, I have our landscape architect is on attending virtually. Oh, what? Oh, yes. So uh, when we get to that slide, um, so you can. Um, so um, I think many of you already know the project to the right. Um, this is the this project um, is uh, really exciting. It, it um, it's the culmination of uh, of the campus, um, the Southeast Health Center campus. Um, so that uh, the, uh, the recently completed addition on the right, which you've just opened in 2022, um, it sees 4,000 patients a year, 75% uh, of on Medi-Cal. And then th now that that's been occupied, the people from this building have moved in and now we can renovate this building and bring in much needed um, behavioral health services uh, for the project. So, um, So the project was uh, uh, built in 1976 and um, by a um, African-American firm, um, Jenkins and Fleming, and um, is one of the first uh, healthcare, health uh, services buildings um, in the area. Um, and it's also in terms of the site, you know, it's kind of uh, 
coming after the Southeast plant, um, and then also the recently opened Southeast Community Center um, along Third Street, you know, to the north of this map. Um, all the changes or improvements to this neighbor, neighborhood, this area is quite something. Um, in addition to the recently completed um, health center adjacent to this project, then there's the Casey Jones Park, which is just upgraded, a lot of new housing. Um, and then, of course, this huge community park that's going to be going in at the um, Naval Shipyards, um, which is going to be right sort of along the path from this park to that. So it's kind of exciting um, just in terms of bringing health, you know, health services to the area and the visibility of this project and adjacent to the community. So, um, so these are some existing photos of the site, um, the existing building. Um, and of course, there's the addition to the right. The existing building is split-faced masonry and um, uh, redwood. And it was in 1976. It was sort of a brutalist building by um, done by uh, the African American architects. And um, we're in a very very tight schedule, so we're you know we actually need to get start completion or start um, construction or actually do and uh, uh, complete the project. Um, uh, by uh, September 2025, so we're really, really fast on this project, and um, so we so we'd like to, um, and also due to the small size of this project, we'd like to have this be a two-phased um, project since it's a simple renovation. Um, the um, uh, the the redwood siding very much needs to be replaced. Um, and so we were, you know, we looked at some different options. And also, since this building was built in 1976, we um, looked at it from a historic um, preservation perspective, too. So we did an historic analysis. And um, actually, Monday, uh, actually last uh, yeah, Monday after we submitted um, this presentation, the determined that it was a historic uh, significant um, building. So we do need to maintain. Um, sort of the look of the building um, and what it also also some things about the building um, the signage isn't original the original signage is in a different location based on our original drawings this whole entryway has been modified so um, there are some opportunities to restore the original look of this building and, if, and also in terms of landscaping um, all the landscaping around the front of this building and the entry has been done as part of the um, addition project. Um, but then along Armstrong Avenue, along this street here, um, we have opportunity to do new landscaping there. Uh, the project scope um, is very minimal. We're um, basically the blue area. We're doing new lighting, new finishes and paint. Um, and then the little dark walls are the only walls we're reconfiguring. So it's a pretty minimal project. We're keeping the dental clinic in operation during construction. Um, we're doing um, new new cladding uh, going to the front. This is the existing facade. So that we're going to be redoing the signage, replacing the windows, um, keeping the existing storefront at the entry, but redoing the the canopy over that. And so, um, so this is the proposed sort of restoration of that entry area, which is is right here. So we've opened that up more, um, and we've also moved the signage to more of a original, more of its original location. We'll be cleaning up the the CMU um, and restoring that, and um, 
Oh, and then, then another thing we were looking at before we got the historic designation was what if we reclad it to match the addition? So we did a quick sort of study of what that might be like um, to tie it in with the existing um, or the, the new addition piece. But since we have this historic designation back, we're probably, it's most likely we need to keep it, uh, the wood um, or something very similar. And the planning, actually the planning department has said they, they really want to match the, the original wood as much as possible. So that's out. So, so, <laughs> so, um, so this is a you know the these are some renderings. So this is the existing condition with the old the um, added um, roll down door, which we're going to be replacing and moving and reconfiguring so that it has more of a nicer entry. Um, and this is you know keeping the re replacing the wood. Um, in terms of what we replace the wood with, we have, there are some concerns. I mean, of course, the planning department historic, you know, says replace it with redwood, but we're not allowed to use redwood. Um, and so we need to use a, either a reclaimed redwood, which is not as durable as some other materials. Um, and, or, you know, there's a wood metal panel that could look very much like wood, just like we were talking about on those other projects. Um, and then since then, and I'm just going. Um, this is just a. Uh, so then, since then, we've actually done some research just in the last few days. Of um, you know, on the on the lower right, you have a faux wood, um, but there's this other product which we we're getting pricing in now, which is a, a koya, which is basically it's a um, pickled. Uh, wood product that is basically has all the same properties as hardwood with a 50 year um, warranty on it. And I think it's in line with metal panels. So hopefully we can use something like that. We've, we've brought some samples um, over there along with the model, which we can look at. Um, in the upper left, you can see where the old uh, roll down door is and below is how we've, we're reconfiguring that entry to be more open and bringing more natural light to the, the lobby. And as far as signage, um, you know, we did some studies on that and thought it would make more sense, I think, to put the signage at the entry and make it more human scale, similar to your comments on Chinatown. Um, and as after we did that, we actually looked, noticed in our, the old drawings that that was where the original signage was. So it kind of ties in with, with that as well. So um, and uh, in terms of the materials for the signage, we're thinking of doing maybe a dark bronze um, mounted to the the CMU, which I think we can we can make sturdy with anchor bolts and and um, and then of course all of this will be upgrading the CMU look. So with that, um, moving on to the landscaping, um, we have new landscaping going up along um, uh, Armstrong Avenue. So that's um, this blue area right here. And um, Koa, if you're on the line, you want to. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Great, great. Hi, Koa Pickering, landscape architect with Public Works. Um, I'll just mention to start out that I had the pleasure of working on the addition phase and bringing that through concept uh, to CDR a number of years ago. And I was out there recently, and it's really nice to see that it was implemented largely uh, in concert with the concept that we had laid out with our Public Works team. Um, so it's it's looking really good and glad to be part of this phase. The site work here is quite modest. As you can see, it's just this long rectangular 
relatively narrow planter along the Armstrong uh, frontage of the facility and currently is fairly sparsely planted with some um, fairly sad looking Nandina and one uh, larger shrub, multi-trunk shrub that looks to be in the Ligustrum family. Uh, we are proposing leaving that because it's in pretty good health and it has, you know, some stature and we don't want to go into um, necessarily right off the bat into a, a, an assumed removal given the the theater uh, out there right now with proposed um, tree removals in the city. Everything is being protested by the public. Um, uh, so we are proposing new trees and uh, understory planting combination of uh, native and climate adapted drought tolerant uh, proposing for the trees the sweet shade which has a beautiful fluorescence that's quite fragrant and um, i think that for a behavioral health center that brings some interesting um, possibilities into uh, pleasing you know sense sensory um, experience for visitors to, to the to the facility and um next slide i don't think we have yeah, a whole lot else that's it. Yeah, so that's it i think um mm -hmm. and also uh, uh, we also want are asking for approval for the two-phased process since all we're doing is just changing the, the wood and it's going to look like wood so we're improving the entry um but it's really minimal in terms of the work we're doing thank you Commissioners, comments? Commissioner Carney or Commissioner Rancha? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I went out to see it over the weekend and I was prepared to like tying the two buildings together, bringing that other material that matches the, the new addition. And I dragged my spouse along who immediately said the, the wood warms up the neighborhood, sort of a dilapidated neighborhood and it would be warmer and, and nicer. Anyway, so that decision's been made by, since it's historic. Um, as for the options, I hope the synthetic version can, can look like the wood. The one, the, the pickled one you mentioned is guaranteed for 50 years. Well, this has already been there 50 years and it looks terrible. So, right. exactly. so, so 50 years isn't long enough. 50 years, yeah. Well, so, so, so there's a, you know, of course, there's the, the wood or the metal, you know, last the longest. And these are the course. wood. And these are the actual pickled wood we're, okay. we're getting in, but it should be very similar to this. This is Right. I was gonna so, wonder so if you would delve really with the cedar. Yeah. So um it, it won't last. Yeah. So so we're hoping to um get approval from the historic either of doing the acetylate uh, the acetylated wood or the you know it's so high off the ground that they probably won't know that it's not real. Exactly. You can't but it, but if it starts uglying out after fifteen years and it, we know it won't be touched again for another 40 years or more and it getting rid of that horrible signage on the wood helps helps a lot mm -hmm. and regarding the signage um 
I'm glad you're redoing the entry, but that's where the address is, that panel above it. So I don't see on your signage where the address will be. We'll put a, actually, actually I guess it's going to be on the, there, but, on the cinder block. Yeah, we would put it on the, um, Yeah, we would put it on the glass. I like we Yeah, on on the glass. Yeah. Glass could work. Yeah. All right, and thank you for making the model, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, go ahead. I Commissioner Rashad. Thank you. Uh yeah, it's interesting in the uh rendering uh the uh nope, that yeah, that one. Uh the cement block is sort of a yellowish color, but in reality it's more of a pinkish color. It's it's really interesting. If it's in shade, it looks really different than if it's in oh, the interesting. sun. And it's facing sort of a north. Um it's always when it does get the light, it comes in at an angle. Uh -huh. So actually if you look at the photograph, if the part of it that's in shade looks completely flat and the part of it that's in the sun is looks like a different, totally looks like a different type of of yeah. <laughs> so it's, wow. We're just going to clean it. So um, we're going to clean it and take, there is some, some tagging on the Armstrong Street side, so we're going to clean that up. Um, we don't want to paint uh, masonry because it causes moisture problems. Um, so. Well, all, all I was going to say was, and I, that's really interesting. I see what you're saying now is just in terms of the, um, what material you use for the lettering? Like the bronze is really handsome, but mm -hmm. at, will it? Is there like enough contrast? At, and then, uh, and maybe there is, given what you said. And then also, uh, if the if the redwood is historic, like what stage of the redwood is historic? Is it like when it's, you know, is it like brand new redwood, or is it like slightly darker age redwood? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and if we put in, yeah, because redwood, one of the beautiful things about redwood is it does age over time. Yeah, I guess silver. Because, I mean, yeah. um, to me, I mean, if this redwood is actually, you can go up there and pull it off with your bare hands. It's about, some of them have fallen already. Um, so it does, you know, it, it does uh, well, weather. I, <laughs> um, but in terms of what to match, whether to match an old, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, yeah. Wood, warmer wood. Yeah. Um, I think when we come back next, we'll we'll be talking yeah. about that. I was just going to say that if, if that's at your discretion, <laughs> then something um, you know that that uh, it is you know friendly and healthful as yours as a landscape architect. You know what would support uh, a building that is focused on human health. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the answer, but anyway, seems like there's a little bit of an option. Yeah. Thank you. Your comments, commissioners. Are you asking for some guidance about the uh, metal panels versus the uh, Akoya? I think I'm more asking for guidance about the reclaimed redwood. So um, I think the planning, you know, the historic is like use redwood, and if you can't get redwood, use reclaimed redwood. And so, you know, I think having some your thoughts on that, you know, whether, you know, is, could you use metal if, if the acetylated wood is too expensive? Um, you know, I think that would be great to get some input. Uh, I think Commissioner Schneer here, if I can. Um, I've dealt with this with the Redwood before too on another project. Um, it's tricky 
um, and you don't have the budget and nor can you are you allowed anymore to get new redwood which would solve the problem from that end so your hands are tied um, I think your idea of the Aquaya is is the best solution and um, I look forward to further research to see what you can do on it because I think that's going to be your best bet I'm I'm concerned about the aluminum Mm -hmm. One, I don't think it will hold up well, and I think you're feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. So um, that's my two cents on it. It's it's a tricky situation. Um, the thing too, once the Akoya, once it's done, it's permanently stained, or you have to come back and stain it. Is there any maintenance uh, stain? My understanding is it's really it's very stable, okay. so um, you don't have to go back and restain it, and it lasts fifty years you know, plus. Great. Because you know, with the redwood, you've got mm -hmm. you're staining it. You got to go back right. within five right. years. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is Commissioner Brenton. Just what what's the cost difference between the different? We're getting it priced. I was hoping to get it yesterday, okay. and yeah. well, <laughs> for what it's cost worth, estimated, whatever is the most cost effective would mm -hmm. be my vote. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, I agree. It just seems they never have a maintenance budget when something's mm -hmm. put in it, it stays that way and it, exactly. as it starts deteriorating or turning ugly, it just stays. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just. Uh, I'm not sure uh, the, the the painted uh, wood aluminum. I don't, have you ever used it before? The uh, the the aluminum panel that looks like wood. Yeah, we've used yeah. it all over, just on Southeast Hill Center that they yeah, talked I, about. Um, yeah, Southeast Community I, Center. I've I mean, uh, heard really good yeah. things about that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't. I think in terms of maintenance and durability, would you concur that it's? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that maybe. Well, I think there's a kind of the aluminum, the painted metal aluminum, and also might allow you some more flexibility in terms of, yeah. Okay, so I think, yeah, so we trust, we trust uh, that you will just do its best. <laughs> so is it, is it this body's um, comment about that material that we support uh, something that is easy to maintain or, and has longevity and is cost the most cost? Right, as opposed to recommending one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We're still researching this. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, any other comment issues? Do we have any public comment on this item? Uh, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We're currently in item six. As a reminder, time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. I'm requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? Uh, seeing no requests for public comments, public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, thank you. Um, commissioners, do I have a motion to approve the Southeast Health Center Behavioral Health Clinic's renovation small project review? So moved, Commissioner Schneer. Do I have a second? Second, Commissioner Brenzel. Okay, let's have a vote. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, motion passes unanimously. Thank you. So let's move to item number seven. 
This is the Harding Park pump station. This is phase one and two. Thank you for the model and the material. Are you ready? Can go do that. Yeah, are. Okay, step up. Oh, sure. Here, Benzel is uh, stepping out of the room for just a moment. He'll be right back. And Commissioner Shioda has returned. This this. <laughs> this one. Oh, it's like this one. Here's a different one. Yeah, but what that looks like. Yeah, but how that looks versus this. Are we waiting? Um, Yes, go ahead. Thank you. And team, you'll have um, 15 minutes to present. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Barbara Palacios. I'm the project manager with the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. Uh, joining me today are uh, Cheryl Kwan sitting in the audience. She's, as, she's the project engineer. And Farah Perez is the project architect with Public Works. Just some brief background. Uh, the Harding Park Pump station was commissioned back in 2012 and consists of a buried reservoir and an above ground pump station. This facility delivers recycled water produced by the city of Daly City to the Harding Park golf course. In 2016, the facility was taken out of service because of corrosion within the electrical components. SFPUC staff managed to um, implement some interim measures to address the corrosion, but it was understood that a permanent solution would be needed. Upon further study by SFPUC and Public Works engineers, it was determined that excessive corrosion, uh, excessive moisture within the pump station had caused the corrosion. In addition, clearances around the electrical equipment were found to be not compliant with current codes. The team considered various alternatives for the relocation of the critical electrical equipment, including freestanding outdoor panels, panels located within minimalist shelter enclosures and a new conditioned electrical building, this latter option being the preferred and selected alternative that is moving forward into design and is being presented today by FARA. Good afternoon, commissioners. So today we are presenting the Harding Park Pump Station new electrical building project. Um, we're presenting it for a review and approval for civic design review phases one and two. So we are design. We have designed a new electrical building for this project. The new electrical building will be located on the north side. Oops! Oh my God. Um, will be located on the north side of the existing pump station. The existing Harding Park pump station, um, as Barbara noted, is sitting on top of a 700,000 recycled water reservoir. Um, this is the view of the existing pump station from Lake Merced. Um, it's located within a fence site um, at Harding Park Golf Course. Um, maintenance yard, and it's not open to the public. And this is the location of the new electrical building. As Barbara um, noted, um, in 2016, um, the PUC found that the, the electrical terminations at the control panel and electrical equipment had corroded 
due to the fact that the pump station was sitting on top of a reservoir. Um, the objective of this project um, is to provide a permanent solution um, to the corrosion of the electrical equipment and to address the other concerns. The other concerns include the reliability of electrical equipment, um, the lack of um, um, code compliance clearance around the equipment, um, the replacement of the controller of the pump station, and the upgrade of the security system to meet the current San Francisco Public Utility Commission standards. Um, our solution to the concerns include, let's see, modernization of the ventilation at the existing pump station, which is this one, and um, the construction of a new electrical building, which is this one, um, to house the new electrical equipment. The new electrical building is about 178 square feet. Um, it will be contemporary in design, and it will, it will be responsive to the existing architecture of the existing pump station. And I wanted to remind you that um, we did um, present the existing um, Harding Park pump station to civic design review, and it was previously approved, uh, reviewed and approved back in 2009. The new electrical building will be constructed of concrete masonry units and glass block, um, all durable and sustainable materials to match the existing pump station. Um, the new electrical building will also be the same height and massing similar to the existing pump station. Um, the new electrical building will also meet all applicable codes and regulations and will have an accessible path connecting both buildings. This is a section of the new electrical building and this is a section of the existing pump station sitting on top of the existing 700,000 gallon reservoir. And these renderings are elevations of the new electrical building. Um, I wanted to point out two facades in particular, the east elevation and the north elevation. Um, are the elevations that will be seen by the public as they're driving along Lake Merced Boulevard. And this slide here shows the materials for the new electrical building. Um, we have LED light fixtures, we have glass block, And then we also have hollow metal doors, louvers, and a downspout. And then we will also have concrete masonry units, all to match the existing materials of the existing pump station. And the last slide here shows the new electrical building next to the existing pump station. And it's the view from Lake Merced Boulevard. Oh, and I also brought materials. That's a good, good 
So um, the materials include um, the concrete masonry unit that's ex that is ex at the existing pump station. Um, it's a basalite um, lightweight um, CMU unit. Um, it has a ground face. Um, I don't have the glass block, but you can imagine how much it weighs. Um, and then um, the color there is also the same color as the existing hollow metal doors and louvers at the pump station. Okay, thank you. And um, commissioners, any questions so far? Couple. No. Um, one of my questions is that you have uh, requested a phase one plus two. Um, and yes. is there a reason for that? rather than a single phase review for this project? Well, we were asking for a phase one and two because of the size of this project. Um, it's only 178 square feet. So, um, you know, it's smaller than a lot of people's bedrooms or maybe the size of people's bedrooms. Um, and um, it is, I guess, somewhat hidden. You can see the building when you're walking or running at Lake Merced, but when you're driving, you you pretty much you I mean, you might miss it. Um, it's it's just a very small building. Okay, so thank that's you. that's why we're looking. The reason why I'm asking is it seems we can decide, but it seems that this could be possibly approved in a single review today. Oh, the okay. Whole okay. Project. I don't know if it, there's any comments from my fellow colleagues here. Any comments about the design overall? I have one question about the um, glass block design. What's the reason of the design? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, how, how, how do I go? Um, yeah. So we, we installed glass block as part of the security of this building. Um, we didn't want to include any windows, you know, um, to provide to provide as, as secure a building as possible. Um, so the glass block is located to provide light into the building, but it's also located at specific areas on the building because we do have the electrical equipment um, mounted on the inside face of the north and north and the south walls. Um, Can I just jump in? Because I think that the design on the other building, it looked like H2O. Is that correct? And my, uh, sorry, this is Commissioner Brenzel, but Commissioner Rothschild pointed out, looked like a, maybe an electrical plug. Is that the, the way that, the, is that what it's, is that how it's, is that why it's there? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Good job, Commissioner Rothschild. You get the lollipop. I I saw this from Greta, so maybe okay. I maybe I. I love it. There you go. Anyway. You got H two O and you got the plug. Yeah, perfect. Um, a question related to the glass block: Is it lit up at night so that you can see it at night? Um, no. Inside, no. Okay. No, it's not. It, it's so it just be if if somebody happens to be in there every once in a while and turned on the light. Yeah, it's, you, it's, you they, it. it would just provide some light for that okay. person. Cool, cool. Uh, and then I guess, uh, you know, I, 
I, I appreciate that this is not over designed. I, I think it's a lovely little uh, building and I like how you dealt with the roof. I, just one question because you all did make the other uh, little building so specific by, uh, you know, the H2O and I don't know if this one wants to be another color or if that would just be crazy. Um, just a just a thought, like another color of, of this stuff. Uh, I don't know if that would just be anyway, it's it's very I, I, it's a sweet little building. Thank you. Oh, thank you. you did the, thank you. Any other comments? Yes, Commissioner Carney. Uh, well, thank you for explaining what the construction problems were with the electrical because I had a question about the price. It's one million two hundred twenty thousand dollars for a one hundred and seventy eight square foot building. So that's sixty six hundred dollars a square foot, which is like a mansion in Beverly Hills. So I, so the money is because of the um, new the corrosion in the existing building and fixing that, and then getting all the new equipment for the new one. Or how else could the price be so high? We're completely replacing the electrical equipment that's in the original pump station. So it's um, variable frequency drives for the pumps. Uh, electrical control panels, um, miscellaneous other panels for the building uh, is now going to have ventilation, so that has its own control panel. We're going to add security to the new building. Okay, so it's for all sorts of it's other things. The total project. And then on the north facade, I had a question about the glass block. But I think you answer that the wall is mostly covered with equipment, so there's no room. Then you have one vertical line, a black glass block. Yeah, yeah. As as you can see, um, that's the one vertical line of glass block. Okay. Yeah, we we do we do have equipment on either side of the glass block here. Okay. Commissioner Schneer, here one other question: uh, What are you going to do with the art enrichment budget you've got there? Will that go to something else? Um, Blair Randall will be answering that question. Blair. Again, Blair Randall, um, Arts and Education Program Manager with the SAPUC. Um, we will pull these funds um, yeah, from the site. So that, as a for reminder for the commissioners who may not be familiar, for the public art process, we can either use the public art funds on site or we can pool those funds and use them somewhere else. So we discussed this project with the director of the public art program at the Arts Commission, and we've decided to pool these funds and use them elsewhere. Okay. Hey, any other comments? Um, I just want to say I love it that the PUC has a sense of humor and the architects working with them have a nice <laughs> sense of humor and that very tiny buildings like this can be elegant and a contribution. So just touche on that. Um, is there any public comment? Um, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Can you, sorry, this is Commissioner Brunswick. Can I just ask a question? Are we taking it as a small project to prove today, or is it phase one and two? You had asked the question earlier, and I just didn't know what we were considering today. I'd like to, if everyone agrees, um, that we have this taken as a small project, a single phase review project. Uh, those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. We are currently in item seven. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. 
I'm requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment on the current agenda item? I see no request for public comments. Public comment for this item is now closed. Okay, thank you. Do I have a motion to approve a single uh, phase review for the Harding Park pump station? So moved, Commissioner Schneer. Second? Uh, second, Commissioner Renzel. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? None. Motion passes. Okay. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. All right. Um, let's move to item number eight. That is the San Francisco Little Italy Honor Walk. This is a plaque review. Team, are you ready? And this is also a single phase review. Yeah, yeah it just makes sense. They requested phase one and two, and that's what we. Okay. Yeah. They, they probably didn't. Hello. <clears throat> yeah. In advance. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Good to you. Hello. Hello. Hi. Team, are you? We're, we don't have an audience. Everybody's left. Oh. <laughs> How sad. Okay. <laughs> child has left for just a moment. She'll return in a moment. Do we want to jump right in? Okay, team. Dive in. All right. Well, um, I'm just going to say thank you for uh, having us this afternoon. My name is Nick Fagoni, and I'm the vice president of the San Francisco uh, Little Italy Honor Walk. Uh, in my day job, I'm the executive director of the San Francisco Italian Athletic Club and its foundation in North Beach. Um, we created a nonprofit for this project uh, recently. Um, at the behest of the Italian consulate. And we are comprised of a number of organizations, many of the logos which you see uh, on the screen here, uh, including uh, Le Donna d'Italia, our president, uh, Jennifer Consalvi. Uh, we've got Italian Community Services, another 100-plus-year-old nonprofit in North Beach. Comites uh, SF is uh, representative of Italian citizens living abroad. Uh, the Museo Italo-Americano, uh, it's been in Fort Mason for decades, uh, supporting uh, the Italian culture and art. Uh, the SPIEC Foundation, the Silicon Valley Italian Executive Council, another nonprofit representing Silicon Valley business interests with Italy. Um, of course, the Italian Heritage Parade, the, the longest running uh, parade in, uh, in the West Coast, actually the United States, celebrating Italian culture um, on the second weekend in October and uh, the ISNAF, which is a group of Italian scientists. So it's really a broad organization, including the Italian Athletic Club, um, that have come together to support this project. So there's thousands of constituents. Um, we've had a lot of great meetings, a lot of good conversation, uh, fun dialogue um, in, in putting together this group that is um, going to ultimately kind of put forward, maintain, and, and um, advocate for uh, this honor walk. So uh, showing our board, uh, Simone is here with me. Uh, today, he's our architect, um, and uh, I think we've got one more slide. Uh, we've got historians involved. Sorry, uh, we have historians involved. We've got uh, stakeholders from our community, um, and and really about Little Italy and North Beach. And and you may you may be wondering, well, why is Nick using the term Little Italy? 
um, we call it North Beach, don't we, right? Uh, my, my, my grandfather and, and his wife came uh, to North Beach in 1917, um, and uh, have, we've never left. Uh, with my, my children were the fourth generation of Italian-Americans um, uh, living in, in our little Italy, and it's a vibrant community. It's a thriving community. Uh, you probably have seen some recent articles in the Chronicle talking about how North Beach is having a renaissance, the restaurants, the businesses. Uh, SF Gate came out and said how well North Beach is doing post-pandemic. We were pioneers in the parklet space. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, rich, and vibrant neighborhood. And we're looking for signs and symbols to kind of not only elevate the, the neighborhood, but communicate the history. And I think that's why we're here today. Uh, we have a lot of visitors that come to North Beach. Right, they start in Fisherman's Wharf. They're on the way to Chinatown. We want them to stop and spend time in North Beach. We want them to stop and learn about the history uh, of the Little Italy and and what it is um, to be Italian, to be an Italian American, um, and the contributions that 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 are uh, rich. And so that's really the genesis of this project. Um, there's a lot of history that we could go into about the immigration, um, the currents, and this and the so forth. But really, I think I was going to pass it to Simone and uh, our architect to talk about some of the nitty-gritty. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I'm an Italian architect. I'm here just for the 2021, and I'm a design consultant of the consulate, Italian consulate. And um, when we arrive here, we, we, we see that maybe North Beach could be enriched with this kind of idea. So we just have this idea at the beginning that we spend time to talk with the association to put all together and to start this project. And so this is, I have to say this is pretty similar of the um, rainbow walk that there is in Castro. Uh, so we start also to speak with the same um, company that produced the black, that is the artwork foundry, that is also an Italian company too in the past. Um, and we decided to, to, to propose the same idea, but just to add also the possibility to have a, a, a street path, but also have a some event to celebrate the, the figure, the character that we are to, to, to put on the plaque. And we also want to have, we are developing a, a, an app, an application, so the people can um, see the story of the, of the person, can also uh, maybe see some other character that we don't have, have to say the possibility to have the plaque on the pedestrian street or the sidewalk. And also to have information about the neighborhood, some buildings, some fun facts. So we can say that it's a sort of uh, public history project. And um, and as you see, so the, 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 this is the, the, the idea. And, and the path that we are now thinking is a burning in Washington Square, that is a sort of the core of the, of the neighborhood where a lot of events happened there and you cross to the Columbus Street and go to other streets next to uh, just to to spread the situation maybe go to also to the Fisherman Wharf as, as Nick says and uh, so the idea is to have a, um, a path that is a celebration but is also maybe intriguing some tourists to to have more information about the neighborhood and um, the first two plaques that they are planning to uh, to install uh, next June, uh, one is George Moscone, uh, that was a major of uh, major of San Francisco, and also maybe was the uh, 
uh, opened up the city to the diversity that is now the the main characteristic of the city uh, and Mariana Bertola that is a, a doctor that she uh, work a lot for uh, for have the maternity and children's uh, um, uh, wards in, in in the hospital in San Francisco too. So, it's the two main figures that we decided for now to start the project. And after you have a list of other figures that we are thinking in the next month, maybe during the Heritage Mount uh, in October or next year. So we will have uh, Lawrence Ferringhetti, uh, Francis for Coppola, uh, John Fugazzi. Uh, Beniamino Buffano, that is a, was a very interesting sculptor and, and artist. Rena Bocci, that is a philanthropist. Medeo Tomassini, also is a philanthropist. Um, Antonietta Pisanello, that is a, was a singer and a businesswoman. Uh, we we have also Federico Faggin, that is a is alive now. Is a physician. That is the the first man that designed the microchip. So that Silicon Valley is burned thanks to Federico Faggin. And uh, so, as you see, there is a lot of type of people that could be celebrated, uh, and maybe we have more. So we have this historical commission that can start the research, and maybe they can find uh, other people that can join this list. Um, this simple, so that this is a sketch of the of the plaque, and so uh, there will be some sentences, some short biography of of the the character. And the plaque will be will be produced in uh, in bronze, and there is a sort of uh, two two layers. So there is a, a, a small difference of layers, so to have this effect of uh, a little bit more dark and more clear. And uh, the finish is a smart brushes, so it could be a no sleep. Uh, uh, no sleep uh, situation, and um, we are thinking to use the same um, dimension of the square that there is in the sidewalk. So maybe it could be around um, 36 for 32 or 36 for 36 uh, inch. So just to not compromise the drawing that there is in the in the, in the sidewalk. And um, but this is some. Um, Information that we pass to the uh, public work about the coefficient test, and that is all the testing that they done. And this is the position of the first plaque that we are asking the permit. That is Moscone plaque, so it's in the corner from uh, for Stockholm Street and uh, Union Street. And um, and as you see, so the plaque will be placed in the inside the foundation zone, so just to be part of of the. We love our neighborhood uh, process, and uh, we are thinking to to have the plaque that's facing Washington Square, so the people can walk and can just have a at the right side or the left side they can see the face. So it's also to say a more secure position because it's not not people can just walk on on the top of the plaque. And the other position that we are is in the the other corner that is Stockton Street and uh, cross uh, Filbert Street. So this is the first two plaques that they were planning. And uh, in the next uh, month, maybe we will move forward to, to other things, to, to other place. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Quick question before I throw it out to everyone. Um, these, you've run this past DPW, it's regulations for plaques. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, they've been working with the Love Our Neighborhood, which is a new piece of legislation um, that we'll talk more about later, maybe. Any questions or comments from colleagues here? Yes, Commissioner Hsu. I just wanted to thank you for including a female in the first round, because if you look at monuments and memorials, just in any city, it's, um, you know, the percentage of women that are honored is very low. So I very appreciate, I appreciate the 50, 50 there. Thank you so much. <laughs> we are, we are, we, we done with, 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 as I say, with any, with passion. So this is a very passion project and and we just thinking that is we if you see the list there is some people that is really famous other people that is less famous so this is an occasion also to celebrate people that maybe don't have opportunity in the past but they've done a, a lot of work too so uh, it's a sort of how to say community project in the real sense of the words because also the association can give the contribution to to, de to debate and to find people that maybe is 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 very interesting to celebrate. Yeah. And I, I'll also add, um, this is all being uh, privately financed, right? So there's no public um, right. monies for this. So this is a private project in the sense of the fundraising. Just maybe the the application. I have to say that there is um, uh, a donation about the Minister of Foreign Affairs from Italy through Comites because Comites is. Um, connect with the Minister for Affairs, I have to say that the, the ambassador of Washington, this, Ms. Zapia, is very, very happy about this project that we presented, and also the officer of Rome is very interested in this project. So it could be a sort for the, for the Italian government, it could be a sort of also of, uh, to say, cherry of project that start in San Francisco and maybe other Little community in the U.S. could be maybe um, take occasion to to celebrate and to do something similar. Interesting. <laughs> Any comments? Yeah, um, I had some questions on the conditions of the sidewalks yeah. um, and the drawings that you you issued. Actually, it doesn't show it here, but it's a little frustrating to have such a you know, a new plaque that's finally done with such a hodgepodge of, of sidewalks. So maybe you could replace a larger area, especially in this photograph, which you don't have up. Yeah, he's almost buried by the the horrible. There's a sign on the on the on the street. You, you see. Yeah, so you would jackhammer out a bigger area and have new concrete around a bigger area. We can try our best because we are working with. Uh, fortunately, we are working with mm -hmm. with uh, Nibi Construction as as a company that we place the plaque. That they are really support the project, so we maybe we can try to take care of most that we can. I have to say that the Sphere Foundation is really able to say uh, take care of that. That part of the city because they've done a lot of work there. They also replace some light and they, they replace everything. So we can try to do our best to keep it. And in the Castro, they they split them into quadrants, as I recall. So they're less um, slippery and they have a, quite a bit of texture on them. It looked like the area where your printed words were was 
might be somewhat slippery, but but you'll work all of that out. It'll be tested before you install them. Yeah, yeah. In in the Castro, I studied there is two type of of finishing. I have to say there is one that is really I would say a little bit more slipping, and another one that is really brushed. So also from the aesthetic point of view, I prefer the brushed. So we are moving to that one with the factory with the with the art foundry factory. So. Yeah, to keep it safe, but I think also very nice that they have a polish of the same brass that could be shining. And my last question, um, you probably discussed this with another commission or agency. I'm wondering about others who have contributed to the richness of North Beach who are not Italian, how they might be honored, or is there a place for them here, or they need to come up with their own system of, of honoring them, or this is strictly for Italian Americans? Uh, no, repeat the question, sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, can others who contributed to the richness of North Beach and Little Italy be honored if they're not Italian? It depends. I think that there is no, how to say, any any closure. Sure, that is is born as an to celebrate Italian community, Italian American community. Oh, I get I, that, but it is a public sidewalk. But you know, I I think what you're doing is wonderful. But I'm just wondering. I'm sure it's you've been asked about this already. We, we you know, we have. I think that um, at least right now, to answer your question, we're we're, we're focusing on Italian and Italian Americans. Only because there are a lot of other uh, areas in North Beach that um, have already been talked about uh, for other groups, like the Beat Generation, for example, with the Beat Museum. And they've got their own um, program that they're trying to advocate for uh, with respect to a new museum and locations and things like that for the Beat Generation. Um, we know that um, our friends in Chinatown have a lot of, um, of, of activities going on, and we're very close to them, talking about them, what they want to do in Portsmouth Square and, and vice versa. Um, so I think that there's, and as, as Supervisor Aaron Peskin says, you know, District 3 in North Beach is a collection of fiefdoms, right? But everyone is doing their own parts, and I think we're all working really well together. Um, I think for us right now, we really want to stick with Italian and Italian Americans, um, but knowing that when somebody else's project is coming up, we're going to be the first to support them. Yeah. I think it's a sort of um, flexible project because, as you see, so this is the main structure of the project, but we we are really open to collaborate with other organizations, also with Fisherman Worth organizations, so maybe with Chinatown too. So it does depend uh, how people love this project. Maybe we can join us and can, um, can have to say, have different ideas and have more rich an idea to, to do something different. And I, I will add too from the photos, you can see the Barbary Coast plaques are already uh, in place. So that entire uh, genre or period of history for North Beach is honored with the Barbary Coast. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Hi. Uh, thank you very much. I have a quick, quick couple questions. Um, so the Italian Americans are they associated specifically with North Beach, or are, uh, or they could be any from anywhere Italian American? We can, if you pull the list down, and I'm, I'm, I. I I can say, obviously, uh, APG and uh, has has deep associations. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, the same. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, yes. Uh, John Fugazi, yes. Amadeo Tomasini, uh, absolutely. Uh, he was uh, one of the founders of the Italian Athletic Club. 
in 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 North Beach. Well, the re the reason I ask is, I, I, are you con uh, thinking that the location of the of the plaques will be connected to a geographical physical location that they yes. Have... Where is it possible? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Me. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that that's the rhyme and the reason. Yeah. Okay. The idea is to uh -huh. have also maybe the building reference, for example. Yeah. I, I I mean. Uh -huh. uh, yep. Yeah, it's Fugazi. It, right. It's next to the Fugazi Club and also maybe uh, Tomasini next to the Sfiac because oh, okay. it's on the yeah, yeah. Okay. Ferlinghetti. Okay. By his building. Yeah, exactly. By the B of A building. That's what Got it. So it's also a, a way to celebrate people and, and the landmark. And, Got it. And, and Got it. So you'll connect the dots. And exactly. then is there like a, um, a place where there's a, like a master? Uh, uh, plaque that explains what it is we we're working on the app so oh, the, oh it's the app the app is a, it's a, a it will be with the gps so it will be we are just testing now maybe we launch the app in june uh -huh. or or maybe in october depends uh -huh. and we are testing so if we work like uh how to say like the uber so you can just open the app and you see where you are and where there is the plaque Got it. so you can you can decide where to go and there is a sort of there will be a um how to say a path that you can decide you can to walk join. you can walk yeah. around yeah or you can decide by your own uh, where to where I, I love the idea and uh i mean obviously i mean it's everything everything about it is great uh just and i know that there's so many parameters and uh schedule budget uh jurisdictions but it, it's also interesting that you have such diverse uh people and they do diverse things and I just wonder if there's any possibility to uh, have the plaques um, reflect more of the personality of the owner and uh, uh, who the plaque you know so for example if it's a person who's in medicine maybe the plaque is a triangle I'm not just you know or if it's they're in business it's something else I, I don't know it's just is there a uh, the, no, the idea is, is to have the plaque that is pretty similar, so have a sort of remind uh, as uh -huh. a rhythmic that you Got have it. the okay. same sensation. Got it. And um, but we really believe that the application could be a good instrument because you you have also a lot of contents in the application, so maybe pictures Got it. and videos about Got it. the, the character. So that okay. could be yeah, and maybe you know. Black is also expensive to have and to produce. So maybe people that we don't, if, if we don't raise too much money, we can just have some virtual plaque. We totally understand it. Yeah. This could be, so this is the open project. Yeah. So maybe we don't know in the future. I if totally we have understand. Stacks, we will do a lot of plaque. If not, we can just keep it this list and we can, yeah. I understand. To follow what Commissioner Rothschild was saying on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, that plaques are all the same. Yeah, and, but they have a little emblem in the middle. If it's music, television, film, or producing, a, it's a, a little emblem in the it's, corner. It's interesting. Yeah, it could be a good idea, good mm -hmm. suggestion to have something that characterizes the the field that, that they're coming. Yeah, there just gets to be so many plaques everywhere. Really, I mean, <laughs> it's you know, it's Italian, right? You yeah. expect something special. <laughs> Let me take a note. <laughs> good suggestion. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Comments. Um, I would suggest, and maybe you already have, 
look at look at um, locating something near the old Italian cultural center, which is at 1776 Stockton Street. It is a Maybeck building. It's now known as the Maybeck building. Uh, so it's uh, not on the historic register, but it is eligible for it. Um, and that used to be a healthcare center and educational center for Italian immigrants when they first came in. It's a beautiful building. Absolutely beautiful. And you should walk by and go up into the courtyard. 1776. That's a memorable address. I just wrote it down. Right, so it's half a block from the. Yeah, I've walked past it a whole time. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, any public comment? There's no member of the public here, so there's no public comment. Okay, thank you. All right, commissioners. Um, let me find out, find my exact triage here. Starting just lost. We're looking at number eight. Okay, do I have a motion to approve the San Francisco Little Italy Honor Walk plaque review? So moved, Commissioner Schneer. Second, Chioda. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? None. Passes unanimously. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. When might it happen? We've raised the money for the first two plaques, and then we're really eyeing um, the summer uh, for the Festa della Repubblica, and then, yeah, so yeah. we're, we're going to move as quickly as we can. Yes, exactly. Grazie. Grazie a voi. Welcome. All right. Um, we are now moving to item number nine, and that's the staff report, and that will be given by Deputy Director Lex Lifer. Thank you, Commissioner Stryker. Um, I'll keep this brief. Uh, this is your reminder that the Cultural Services Allocation Plan survey is open online. It's uh, featured prominently on our homepage at sfartscommission.org and will be open until March 11th. In addition to the online survey, we have several in-person town halls happening around the city this week. And uh, thank you to our staff who are tabling at various in-person events and working diligently to spread the word about this survey as people's opportunity to let us know where they'd like to see us invest the Arts Impact Endowment Funds. Um, the other small update is, as was just discussed, uh, civic design review and public art teams are continuing to work with the Department of Public Works on the implementation of the Love Our Neighborhoods Ordinance, which allows some waiver of encroachment fees, more flexibility, and potential streamlining for community amenities, such as plaques, murals, tile steps. And so this is work happening um, with the assistance of Paris Coates and also with Mary Chu and our public art team to think this through how we can work well with public works and um, benefit the public with high quality service. And that is it. Is there any public comment on item number nine? Um, again, there is no member of the public present, so there's no public comment. Uh, item number 10 is new business and announcements. Does anyone have it? Is that 
announcements to share? I do have one thing. I don't know how the CDR will handle this, but some recommendations have been made, such as um, um, what's the name of it? The, the new center at Fifth and Folsom, um, Friend, Gene Friend Center, about the 40 palm trees. And we asked them when they were here if they could not kill them, but if they could offer them for transplantation. You gave me the name of one company, but they didn't call back. But it seems a shame. Um, I took some photos over the, as I was driving out to see the uh, the Southeast Center, all the palm trees along that, that street, et cetera. They could use more. These are huge mature palm trees of about three different varieties that are worth a fortune if somebody wanted to transplant them. They could, um, if the city can't afford to transplant them on some of their street projects, they could be offered for free to one of those companies and they could end up at some school or park or somewhere. But it's a shame to have one of our projects, which even has a landscape component as part of this um, body um, and have 40 or 50 um, spectacular palm trees killed. So I don't know how we follow up with that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um... Maybe I can uh, pass that information on to the Julia Lowey architect. Okay. The bureau. Yeah. That might help. Thank you. Any other comments or any public comment on item number 10, new business and announcements? Um, there's no member of the public present, so there's no public comment. Okay. That leads us to item number 11, which is adjournment. Hey, well, ding, ding. Long, Long meeting, everyone hung.